0: El
1: Welcome into the Aughts and Audible's podcast emergency edition. And that's because the Oregon Duck Men's Basketball Program has just gone out and landed a verbal commitment from a familiar last name. That's Jonathan Lawson, the three-star small forward from Memphis, Tennessee, Wooddale High School, member of the 2021 recruiting class, the 134th best player in the country, the 27th best small forward in the country, the third-best player in the state of Tennessee. Jonathan Lawson commits to the Oregon Ducks over Arkansas, Iowa State, Vanderbilt, Memphis. Alabama was showing him interest as well. And if you're wondering, yes, he is the younger brother of Oregon sophomore forward Chandler Lawson. So Oregon's dipping into the Lawson family tree. Very, very talented family. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they both – Chandler and Jonathan have two had two older brothers that played two years at Memphis and then went on to play uh, two years for uh, the, the Kansas Jayhawks. And this is a unit in a team now, a family, that, that's going to have four <laughs> Division I athletes in their family. Uh, Jonathan is the latest one, the second one to land at, at Eugene, or in Eugene, I should say. He joins a recruiting class, Eric, that includes five-star Nate Biddle, uh, out of the state of Oregon as well, um, and two forwards-ish type players. Biddle's rated as, as a center, but he's more like a power forward center hybrid type guy. Lawson, another one of those long, lanky uh, players that Oregon tends to, to really love going after and, and recruiting, and with Lawson now in the fold, Oregon has a score of 47.63, their recruiting perspective, and that just keeps them out of the top 25. They're 30th in the country now, just ahead of Missouri, one spot behind Alabama. And we should note that a big reason for the Ducks not being in the top 25 is simply just because of numbers right now. Uh, a lot of the schools ahead of the Ducks in the top 25 have five, four, three verbal commitments. Very few of them have two uh, I believe only one school ahead of Oregon has just one verbal commitment. So Oregon's, Oregon's per average rank recruits is one of the better ones in the country. And as this class continues to add pieces to the puzzle, their team ranking will improve. But for Jonathan Lawson now, you did the film review. You've watched this tape. What can Duck fans expect when, when uh, the next Lawson brother arrives in Eugene next year?
0: Well, I think the player comparison is pretty obvious and it's his brother. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and I'll say that more from a physical perspective than a stylistic perspective, um, they're both, you know, and if you've obviously those have seen Chandler, his brother is very similar. They're both 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", long-limbed, really athletic, agile guys. Um, Jonathan certainly has some room, some weight to gain, uh, you know, similar to Nate Biddle and honestly kind of similar to where Chandler was when he arrived last year. Um, I think though stylistically... Their games are a little different um, in terms of what we saw, at least from Chandler at Oregon, I think, you know, and I should note when I did, and I was thinking about this earlier when I, and I read through the story about when I did Chandler's film review a couple years ago, I, I thought he was going to be a little more perimeter oriented than he has become where he's basically at Oregon is at least in his first year was primarily in the paint, making plays as a, you know, as a, as a post player, not, not all but not not frequently out of the perimeter. Well, based upon what we saw from Jonathan in, in his tape and on the film review, which you can go check out on the site, Basically only plays in the perimeter, uh, Six, 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 seven. kind of a point forward, and uh, you know, I think dribbles the ball really well, gets the ball to the rim effectively. Really good passer. I, I think that's an intriguing part, and I, I kind of made note that it's not frequent Oregon has had somebody who can, who can maybe pass the ball like Jonathan can um, at that size. Uh, and, I, you know, Troy Brown obviously is the player that would jump to mind, and I think Troy is far more advanced than Jonathan is and probably most facets of his game. The reason Troy is one of the highest-rated recruits to ever pick Oregon. Um, but there's at least some similarity in terms of they're both long and agile athletic guys who can take the ball to the rim and finish it or who can pass it and find somebody or who can kind of initiate offense from the top of the key. So I, I like that from Jonathan. I, I think if I'm being honest, I think there's, he's probably a guy that's going to take a little time. You know, I don't know if he's a candidate to redshirt right away and we'll talk later about what the roster might look like for the 2021 uh, 22 season and beyond when he gets to Oregon, Um, But I certainly think he's somebody whose best basketball is going to be later on in his career at Oregon. I think he's got the physical tools and the upside, but there's definitely some rough around the edges to his game. And and that'll be something that either he figures it out before he gets here, and that's totally capable to. Maybe he'll make a big jump between his junior and senior season um, and getting to Oregon. Um, Or it's going to be a thing where it's going to take a year or two for him to kind of get worked into shape and kind of set himself up to be a really productive player, which I do think at some point he will be at Oregon.
1: Now, as a junior this past season, Lawson was pretty prolific at the high school level. Averaged 26.1 points per game, 12.3 rebounds, 6.2 assists. uh, And he is an extremely efficient scorer at at the high school level. Shot 64% from the field, 48% from three-point range. 74% from the free throw line. So I look at this as um, a guy that Oregon is getting that can do a little bit of everything. And to me, he just looks like the classic Dana Altman player, six, 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 seven, really long, has some guard skills, has the ability to play, you know, at the forward spots and guard bigger, bigger players, and maybe is a little bit raw and, and can come in and, in two or or three years, his body is transformed. His skill set is caught up. And now all of a sudden it's, Oh my gosh, where where did this guy come from? He he can do basically anything on on the floor that that's asked of him, uh, besides maybe blocking shots. Um, I, I just look at this as a classic Dana Altman wing guy that, I mean, go back to Dylan Brooks, Elgin cook, Dwayne Benjamin, um, Shakur, Justin, a, a little bit this you know this past year, a um, uh, 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 Mike Moser, a uh, Troy Brown, those types of guys that they're maybe not proficient in elite in one particular skill set, but they can do so many things and are so versatile. That's what makes them so valuable and so so important for Oregon's team.
0: Yeah, I think those are fair comparisons, and I I think it's going to be interesting to see. How much is required of him right away? Um, I mentioned, you know, like, and this is where we can talk about what the team looks like in 2021, and maybe who else they might add. Because, again, I don't know if he's like a ready-made prospect right now. I think he's not Troy Brown, and he's not Lewis King. He's not these high-end five-star wings. He's not his brother, probably to a certain degree, even though I think they probably play a little different positions. Um, When you look at this 2021-22 roster, Matt, kind of, what are your expectations? Do you see Jonathan as, you know, Jonathan Lawson, do you see him as being somebody who could contribute right away? Um, and then do you look at this 2021 class and think they're getting close to being done or, or kind of where, what other steps could they take to kind of fill out that roster um, in the next couple of months?
1: Well, I look at the, the power forward spot first of all and think that's probably a, a Biddle spot. He's probably going to be Oregon's uh, starting power forward as a, as a, as a true freshman. Chandler Lawson is probably going to be the team's starting center currently at that position. Uh, he manned that spot for most of the year last year, more about a little over half. Um, and following Dante, I don't anticipate, will be on the roster because I think he goes pro uh, as a sophomore. If he's back for his junior year, he's in the starting spot. Lawson's the backup power forward.
0: Sure.
1: Small forward, kind of the spot where um, – Jonathan Lawson will, will play the most time. is probably going to fall on Eric Williams. He's a transfer from uh, Duquesne. He will be eligible as a redshirt junior this this season, so 2021. So in 21-22, Eric Williams will be a senior, and quite honestly, will kind of be one of the go-to guys uh, on that team. Um, Oregon also has Luke Wuer, who will be a redshirt sophomore and 21-22 and will I think will be kind of you know a a player who will be called upon to do a lot of things maybe he's a backup center one game maybe he's a backup power forward another game and then in a third game maybe he, he plays primarily at that small forward position you know he's a six foot eight guy very athletic um very long uh can can shoot some jumpers from threes and Uh, can defend multiple positions. So I think we will be kind of that utility guy. And so I I look at Lawson and think right now, he's probably going to be that fifth guy that plays those at those three positions, center power forward, small forward, but a lot like Luke were, and a lot like Eric Williams, I think he'll be asked to, to play different positions and different roles. Um, I also think we'll see Lawson, Jonathan Lawson, get some time as a shooting guard on the perimeter because he can do that. And Aaron Estrada will will either be redshirt, will either be coming off a redshirt uh, or if he gets a waiver this year to play, uh, he he could be a a junior for Oregon in 2021, or he could be a redshirt sophomore in 2021. I think he's probably the odds-on favorite to be uh, the starting shooting guard for the Ducks right now as – what we know, what the roster looks like, just because he was the MEAC freshman of the year in that conference. Uh, he was a guy that, that was – I believe he started most of the year as a freshman, played about 18, 20 minutes a game on a team that played 12 guys in a rotation at St. Peter's uh, University for his transfer here to Eugene. Six-foot-four, Aaron Estrada can play point guard as well. And in the point guard spots, Jalen Terry right now. Um, I, I think LJ Figueroa could be a guy that maybe um, it, it, he is waiting on his waiver. Oregon is waiting to hear back if he's eligible for the 2020 20, season. And if he is, he'll be a senior. Uh, so he won't be on the 2021, 20, the 2021, 20, That's hard to say, the twenty-one, twenty-two 22 season. Uh, <laughs> but if, if Figueroa doesn't get his waiver approved, he becomes, I think, the kind of the go-to guy for Oregon basketball as a Red Church senior. Um, so long story short to get, to get here, I look at Lawson as he's going to come in. And look, it's a, I think it's a perfect scenario for him. He's not going to be asked day one to be a starter and to be a guy that Oregon says, hey, we need 15, four, and, and three from you every single night if we're going to have a really good year. I think their expectation is going to be a lot like what they did with Chandler of, Hey, we need you to give us 15 to 10 good minutes of basketball right away. And we need four points and two rebounds and one assist out of you more so minutes are more important. And then you actually scoring the basketball, we feel like we've got some guys that can do that. And anything else above that is gravy and if he can continue to stack more and more responsibilities on as a true freshman, Oregon gets continually better because that's just one more guy that, that can do more things for the Ducks. I think, I think you're, you're spot on here in the, in the eval. I think Jonathan's best basketball at Oregon will be when he's a sophomore, junior, and a senior.
0: And then just following up on the 2021 recruiting class, numbers there, how many bodies do they take? They get I know I know, and it's weird because – because they were, uh, we should say, and you mentioned earlier, just that other programs have more commitments. This is a little late in the process for Oregon. They're a little, I don't want to say they're late, but this is other schools have finalized their class. Oregon has two commitments now. Do you have an idea how many more they'll take? Maybe some positions you think they want to address?
1: Well, I think they still need to continue to look for um, finding some post players in, in, this, in this class. And there are still plenty of them out there that are high profile recruits. Um, I, I think it makes sense to go out and try and find some kind of a shot blocking, rebounding uh, prospect, a guy that's a big body, can give you kind of some of that um, physical presence down low that in Dante has, or um, before him, a Jordan Bell brought to the table. Because Biddle is, while Biddle is almost seven feet tall, uh, Biddle is not a physically imposing heavy football, uh, basketball player. No, he's like 220, 6'11". Uh, he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to you know, physically impose on guys. Uh, with his length, he will, but physically with his weight, he won't. Um, Lawson is not that type of a guy. Maybe he turns himself into that physically in two years, but I don't think you, you base your entire uh, season outlook on that idea uh, because maybe he maxes out from what he can put on from a body mass standpoint. Um, so I think going out, finding a big body at the low post position is important. The shot blocker, so that way you have were you have Biddle, and you have a third guy if, there's, if you can find one. Um, I also think finding a guard, primarily someone that can play point or shooting guard is going to be very critical. You need to add some more depth there. And, and that's where Lawson, Jonathan Lawson, can make, I think, the, the quickest impact is if he can transition to the college game as a perimeter-oriented player – and then his, low, his his forward skills catch up to him down the road, uh, that, that's how he's going to make an impact. If he can show Dana Altman and the basketball program and the coaching staff that, hey, I can be a reliable three-point shooter. I can be a guy that can distribute the ball. I can be counted upon to play on the perimeter and play at a high level. That's where he makes the most impact as a true freshman, I think. Uh, but going out and finding another point guard because you've only got – you have Estrada, you have Jalen Terry, but I think you want a third guy that you can lean on to be a, a, a point guard and then maybe, you know, some shooting. You know, Lawson's a, a, a good three-point shooter. He had good numbers at the high school level, but high school is different than college. Um, we'll see what kind of production Estrada gives Oregon as a three-point shooter. So if you can find someone that can handle the ball and someone that can, can – can be a sniper from three. That that would be ideal. How big does this class get is going to be? What's up in the air? I, I could see it being a class of six or seven guys. Really, um, they're already under the scholarship limit by a couple going into the twenty one, the twenty twenty one season. So they'll have a couple to carry over there. Uh, Chris Duarte is a senior, so that's three. Eugenio Mari is four. Uh, he's another senior that's on the current team. If if you think and follow it. Dante's gone. That's five. Uh, you look at, uh, Eric Williams or excuse me, you look at a uh, Will Richardson. Is he a senior, is he, is he going to go pro as a junior? I think that's a possibility. That's six. Amari Hardy is a graduate transfer. He is, uh, th- that becomes the seventh, uh, scholarship that you could have available. And then what happens with LJ Figueroa? If, if he becomes eligible, he's a senior. So you you could have eight scholarships available, I think, for Dana Altman to use. And I could see him using six of those, of those spots this year. Will they all be high school players? I don't think so. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably see some kind of a transfer, whether it's a grad transfer or a Juco guy, kind of maybe both, honestly, sprinkled into the mix uh, for Oregon at the center and, and, and at the, the guard positions.
0: I'm excited to see how, uh, how it unravels. Uh, it's been really fun seeing the ascension of the recruiting from this program. Um, it's been a little quiet this year, like I said earlier, obviously getting Biddle's exciting, now getting Jonathan Lawson's exciting. Um, I'm not going to be surprised at all if, if Dane Altman and company have a couple rabbits to pull out their hats, though. And, and we're They always not, do. You know, it, I, I'm, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling.
1: It, it, it's real quick, not to dive too deep into the rabbit hole here, but it really – is fun right now if you're a fan of recruiting to follow the big three programs at the university of oregon football and men's and women's basketball because it feels like all three of them are recruiting almost at at peak optimal levels where all three teams are competing for the best class in pac-12 all three teams are competing for best class in their program's history every year and all three teams are competing for going out and signing a top five, top ten, number one recruiting class in the country type of a situation. And for, for Oregon, from the men's side, they've got Biddle. They've now got Jonathan Lawson. They're going to have three, four, maybe five more you know, guys to add to this class, which just because of the sheer number, they're going to be in that discussion for the best class in school history and the country.
0: I was going to say, don't, don't don't count them out.
1: <laughs> it's going to do it for us here on this emergency podcast for the awesome Audible's podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to duckterritory.com for more coverage for $1 for your first month. Basketball season will be starting up as crazy as it sounds. Here in just about six weeks, uh, <sighs> football season starts in about a month, and we've got recruiting going on for – all the sports that we're covering as well on DuckTerritory.com. You can support us by, by subscribing to DuckTerritory.com for $1. And if you can't subscribe today, we understand money might be tight. Uh, you can still support the podcast by subscribing for free on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts to make sure every single new show we do hits directly to your device. And you can also give us a review. That helps us as well. So, for Eric Skopel, I'm Matt Frame. Thank you for listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast.
0: Talk to you later, folks. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner.